Wallen's triumphant return to Atlanta and the rowdy welcome from 40,000 ticket holders, including Donna and her 16-year-old Charlotte. Donna shares her thoughts about Morgan's 90-minute show and a lot of firsts for Donna at Lakewood, including first time she's ever used a public restroom. And she'll reveal the very public place she TT'd on the way home. News that Olivia Newton-John, who starred in the film Grease and had several hit songs over her career, has passed at age 73. She passed peacefully Monday afternoon at home at a ranch in Southern California surrounded by family and friends. And every Tuesday episode during the month of August, it's Pick It or Flick It with my selection on the Spotify Hype Song Playlist. This episode, Missing You. Will it be John Waite, Tina Turner, or Brooks and Dunn? Welcome to episode 280 of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. It's a podcast where we talk about things that you are already talking about with your family and your friends and your coworkers. We have conversations about News headlines, trends, pop culture, country music, plus endearing and revealing conversation about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Episode 280, Tuesday, August 9th is upload day. My name is Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. I was in Athens for an event um, last Monday and Tuesday. I haven't been back to Athens in quite a while. Um, I took Olivia there, our 18-year-old, for a college tour um, but I haven't been to a lot of games. Um, I'm, I'm going to change that this year. I'm going to go a couple of games. But um, I had not been back to Athens, and I had to go up for a um, convention, like a tourism convention. It was being hosted in Athens. I kept saying to everybody, because I was there for like two days, when's the Redcoat Band going to like march? Because like, if I was in charge of this convention, I would have had like it lead off with like the Redcoat Marching Band and them come through the auditorium and cheerleaders and Harry Dog. And I was thinking we were going to do a dinner on the 50-yard line. And so I was kind of like disappointed day one. And then day two, um, we had a luncheon and the Redcoat Marching Band was there. Harry Dog was there. The trophy, yes, the national championship trophy was there. The cheerleaders were there. Um, so I got my picture made with Harry Dog and the trophy, which was just completely exciting. Um, but the athletic director of UGA was there. And I'm going to look up what his name was because I meant to look that up because I'm not really good with names. But um, – I thought this was fascinating. He started his career as just an equipment guy in well, he Athens. Tra- he tracked the towels and things. Yeah. And literally, his name is Josh Brooks. Um, he started just doing that, like putting up weights and doing this and, you know, just following these guys around and doing everything that, like, equipment people do. And um, he was talking about – um winning a national championship because the speech that he gave was um, about how do you encourage team members? And I thought it was fascinating. It was kind of like a mini Ted talk, which I'm very into. But what he said was that they are very, very intentional in who they bring into their culture. I think I, I'm, this is the first time in, in a career. I've always been a lone soldier. I've always been as a salesperson. Um, I've had a boss, but I've always, you know, kind of, 
been in charge of my own time and my own thing. And for the first time in my career at a late age, I am in charge of over 12 different people and their schedules. And so I really leaned in for this because I found it fascinating. And what he said was from the coaching staff to the players, to everyone, obviously the players, they want the best players, but it still has to be a good culture fit. And he said when they're adding in, um, you know, coaches or families or anything, they all kind of sit down and talk about like, you know, does this person fit with what we're trying to do? And he said that one of the things that Kirby, and you know, I love a good Kirby quote. You know, last year, my big thing with Kirby was, are you elite? You know, he wanted everybody to be elite, which by the way, I've got a t-shirt that says, it's got him, a cartoon character of him on there with this little visor that says, are you elite? And I'm going to wear it everywhere. Cannot wait. Where'd you get that? I got it on Barstool Sports. Don't tell my um, employer. Anywho. um, So, the quote that Kirby always says is, let's, let's be a group of people that are thermostats and not a thermometer. And I used this on you the other day, and you didn't even ask me about it. I used it in a text when we were talking about something, um, about um, some property for sale. I said, we need to be, well, up in the mountains. looking for property. No, but the mountain house. Oh, I said, we well, well, need. Tell, tell, me the, tell me the line again. Okay. We need to be, a, we need to be the thermostats. I mean, the thing on the wall. Yes, and okay. not a thermometer. Not a thermometer so, what, what you, you take your like a, an oral to get your like if you got the COVID or something? Correct. Okay. Um, so, what do you think that means? And and also, I will say this: Martin. Many people have quoted this quote. Martin Luther King has quoted this quote, but they, he said the athletic director that it is one that is in all of their offices, and it's really? just kind of a mantra that they go by. A thermostat? No, a thermometer rather than a no. Be a thermostat, thermostat not a thermometer. a thermometer. What do you think it means? Be concerned about your own temperature rather than the temperature of the room. Um, no, because you're working as a team. So you're not, not just, yeah. So, but what it means is respond, don't react. And specifically what it means is in life. And, and I, I, this is, if I had young kids and I was telling this to actually the two girls the other day and had to kind of walk through it, it was at dinner last night and they were like, okay, yeah, I get it now. Um, you want to be, you're either, ther- you're either a thermometer or a thermostat. So a thermometer only reflects the temperature of its environment adjusting to the situation. Is it hot? Is it cold? You're just reacting. But a thermostat initiates action to change the temperature in the environment. Well, I mean, that's, that's what I meant. You want to hire people who are thermostats because what you don't want are people who just kind of sit around. And if somebody says, I think that's a great idea. I think Jim, I think that's a great idea too. You know, they're just kind of like agree. going with the flow. Move on to the next bullet point. Going with the flow. The or complaining all the time. You know, every time we come in here, it's always like this. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they won't do anything about it. Or are you a thermostat, which you go in, you assess the problem, and you figure out how to fix it. Whether it's your job or not. Whether it's your job or not. And that was the one he, thing he said when they go into the practice field and everything that all the players have learned that – if you're, there are equipment managers, but guess what? If your Gatorade bottle, if, if they're low on Gatorade bottles because it's 110, you're happy asking to go over there and fill up your Gatorade bottle. Meaning, meaning the player. Don't, don't right. rely on the equipment manager all the time. Right. Okay. So be a thermostat. Go initiate action. Instead of standing around like the thermometer, waiting for somebody to fill your bottle up and complaining to the three people beside you like, don't you hate it when Jim doesn't fill my damn bottle up? Go fill your bottle up. And so as a culture and teaching your kids that reading a room um, 
is probably, and uh, companies talk about this all the time, you know, you have Q scores and things like that, that how you read people can sometimes be so much more valuable than book smarts and what you know. Because at the end of the day, you could know how to be the best engineer in the world. You could know how to, you know, be the best doctor in the world. But if you have crappy bedside manner, if you can't get along with your employees, if you come into work and you, you know, you're constantly screaming or you're in a bad mood because of what's going on in your house or whatever, you know, be someone who changes things when they're not right. And I just thought it was fascinating. I I sat around, I thought about it all day after he left because it was such a simple quote. And it's not simple because when he first said it, everybody in the room was like, wait a minute. And like the person beside me was like, who I know was like, I don't get it. And then when, and, and everybody was doing that. And he did this great, like, pregnant pause. You know what? You always said that, you know, the pause is a great thing in they're radio pow- or anything. Powerful. And he did too. And basically, he gave everybody time to say, to look at each other and go, what does that mean? What the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what does that mean? You know, one of his biggest things he said on game day is to get out of his office and go um, look at trash cans. Are they overflowing? You know, as people are coming I mean, I like, through. I love it. Now, a couple people in the room are like, listen, and, I, and I'm going to have to agree that they're always overflowing at Sanford Stadium and the bathrooms are kind of needing some assistance. Now, I don't know if that's still the case. They were when I was there. Um, and some people in the room seem to feel that way. But his take on it was he's moving into the bathrooms. He's in the concession stand. He cannot, what you know, like, and this is a perfect example. Walking. Now, now he not, not Kirby, but, but this gentleman. The athletic, the, the athletic director. Director. Yes. He can't walk by a line and go. Good Lord, I wish we had more people working today. This is a mess. Get behind the counter and ring some people he up. He said he runs back there, throws his tie over his neck, and starts putting chili dogs out, you know? And that's the difference between a leader and a follower. Morgan Wallen's triumphant return to Atlanta. And 40,000 fans. Over two days, last Thursday and Friday night in Atlanta at Lakewood Amphitheater, about uh, five minutes south of downtown. As you proof the new song from Morgan Wallen, the new radio single, Donna, you and our 16-year-old daughter, Charlotte, took the night in on the lawn. On the lawn. I've never sat on the lawn before, folks. I don't mean that to sound bougie, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I never have. And I also want to start this out by saying, um, because we were so fortunate. For 26 years when you worked in radio, I never had to park in a public lot. You know, we'd come in a back gate. Um, I never had, and I, I never had to use a public bathroom. So this was very different for me. And it was probably one of, well, if not the best show I've ever seen. Um, and, and you've seen hun- hundreds, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of concerts. Hundreds. And I was, and, and I want to say this without making anybody feel like, wham, 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 Donna, you've got to do all that stuff and now you don't. The reason I'm saying this is it didn't make a hill of beans. And I was very uncomfortable because it was 150 degrees. It took me no time to get down to Lakewood Amphitheater, but it took me an hour and a half to get down Pryor Street to get parked. And anybody who goes down there understands this because there's just nobody out there directing traffic. They got bigger issues. Um, And I had, you know, listen, had to get me a couple of tall boys, had to wait in line, had to sit on the lawn, um, didn't get a chair because I knew I wasn't going to sit down the whole night. And I was determined to not complain about one damn thing because all I wanted to do was spend the entire evening with Charlotte. She is a huge Morgan Wallen fan, um, as you and I are. And um, I had the opportunity to get some really um, – because the tickets, everybody was reaching out and saying, what, what do you think? These tickets are crazy. They're only going up. And, you know, lawn seats were going for four or $500. And I had a girl that worked 
um, in a different part of our area at work that offered me lawn tickets for what she paid for them, which was really cheap and really kind because she knew I'm a huge Morgan Wallen fan. And um, so we went and um, I have to tell you, I'm changed. Uh, and, and I don't say that lightly. This is going to just sound crazy to some people because if you're not a Morgan Wallen fan, you're just not going to understand it. But from the moment that man took the stage, the electricity in that place was something like I've never experienced in my life before. And as I looked around, I saw tons of teenagers that I knew. I saw parents that I knew. I saw, you know, we sat with a really dear friend of ours, Betsy, and her friend who brought her daughter. There was another mother and daughter. The daughter went to Ole Miss that saw all of us who came over on the lawn. And we hung out with her and her daughter. Charlotte loved this girl. You know, she was like a AOPI at Ole Miss and just having the time of her life. And the mother said to me, I wish I was as cool as you. I don't know any of these songs. She said, but I just came because she wanted me to come. She's like, mom, will you come with me? And she wanted her mom to come. Um, And, you know, listen, there were plenty of date nights and there were lots of cowboys there. I mean, there was just the entire gamut was there. Um, I was a little worried because I thought there might be like some brawling out there on the lawn. But actually, it was a very, like, fun, happy crowd. And it cleared up. It had rained pretty heavy and it cleared up. And he sounds exactly like he does. Looks clear headed. I, I mean, I, I don't know that he is. Well, I don't know. As a matter of fact, I don't think that he is. But he he, he looked. I, I saw photos of him at, at backstage at meet and greets with a couple of friends, and he he looked. What do you? Why do you think he's not? I I just don't think that he is. Okay. Well, um, my man Hardy opened up. Uh, how's that? I, you know, I am. How long did he get on stage? Not long enough. I mean, really, it was like um, probably like forty five minutes, but. I mean, he is like, Charles. like, Mom, he's loud. And he's got a pair of jorts on. Yeah. And you find him attractive. I do find Michael Hardy attractive because when he's not, as I told you, when he's not in his little Hardy wear. Yeah. And he's like, got a, he's got on a little suit and stuff. He looks incredible. When have, have you ever seen Hardy in a suit? Oh, my God. I'll show you tons of pictures. Really? He looks incredible. Okay. Right. Okay. But that's Getting ready to get married. And why, why does he why does he become a caricature of himself? He's Did not you? a caricature of himself, but he's kind of like Kid Rock in a way. Yeah, but it, it, it's, mm. it's kind of rock and roll country, and it's loud. And I mean, it's some rap, and it's I mean, he cusses, and but I mean, heaven from hell. He went to Jared. I mean, and the thing that I think is so endearing about him is he's so smart. Like when he writes these records, the lyrics are incredible, um, and he's written for everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And so there's, in my mind, you can't be a songwriter and not be brilliant. I'm sorry, you just can't. And maybe, you know, he's the biggest redneck in the world, but I mean, he's definitely a brilliant songwriter. But um, the biggest takeaways for me were that um, the South is a very different South. And, um, you know, he didn't spend any time on stage. I know he has on a couple of stops. He didn't talk about anything that happened. He just said, you know, I'm really glad to be here. You have to move beyond that. Yeah, my name is Morgan Wallen. I'm going to sing you some songs. And I mean, it was honestly like listening to the double album. That's how good he is. And that's the thing I didn't know if he'd pull off is like, how does this guy sound yeah. live? Because yeah. I just didn't know. Many, many don't. Or they, they, they use, I won't say many. There are some that don't. And they use autotune. Just like they do in the studio, they use it on the road. Real quick, some some songs Hardy has written. Florida Georgia Line Simple, like Shelton God's Country, which he performed, I think, right? He did. In concert. And it was fabulous. Um, a lot of Morgan stuff. More Than My Hometown, Cole Swindell single, Saturday Night, Morgan Wallen, Sand in My Boots, uh, and, uh, Beers uh, beers on Me, Dirk Bentley, the huge yeah. hit recently for Dirks and Hardy and uh, 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 Breland. Breland. 
Morgan opened up the show with Up Down, which is a song that he co-wrote and, and performed with Lord George Lyon on the album. Some of the lines that he comes up with just crack me up. It's like, you know, not even that they crack you up, but it's, you know, phone face up, like church up loud. Phone face down, church up loud. You know, reference to Eric Church. Everybody in those moments, everybody knew those those hits. Those, those songs. Particular, those yeah, yeah those statements. Yeah. The the best one that everybody just, you know, goes crazy on is Red Wings. Left my Red Wings. On the beach. Yeah. That blue water, she left her flip flops by my red wings on the beach. And if you don't know what a pair of red wings are, it's, explain, it, explain it, it. It, okay, everybody in the South, every boy in the South, when you had to go to the prom, and I'm not talking about now with these fancy kids, but I'm talking about in your generation and my generation, when you went to the prom or you had to go somewhere fancy or you were going to vacation Bible school, your mama took you and you got a new pair of red wings. And you went to, you didn't go to, to a big box retailer. Uh-uh. You went, you went to, for us, it was Angelo Shoes in downtown yep. Hickory, North Carolina. And they were expensive. Oh my and god! You went once every three years. Yeah, and your mom made a big deal out of it. And you got your suit. Your, 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 your suit. Your, well, you got your, your 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 foot sized. Yes. You didn't. It wasn't. You didn't eye it. Mom no. spent a lot on these shoes. And you, she'd make him push. She'd make that man oh push your toe. God, walk around in them. Yep. Walk and if you turn had around, walk back to me. Yep. If you had ingrown toenails, it did not matter. Yep. I mean, she they were pushing on your feet, and it's just you know left my red wings on the beach, you know, on the sand. It's just that kind of stuff, you know. Um, Forerunner, Bama Red Four, you know, with a Bama. Yeah, uh, both uh, uh, thirty-eight. I'm not doing this much justice, but you sticker. get my point. Yeah. You know, it's just little things like that where you're just like, dang. And, you know, we drank bottom shelf. You know, when the the line is "Don't cowboys drink whiskey?" So we drank bottom shelf, yeah. not top yeah. shelf, bottom shelf. She said, "Don't cowboys drink whiskey?" <laughs> so we drank bottom shelf. There's, you know, and, 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 and to, to develop and curate that type of right, it takes much more effort. It, and, you know, I used to say to people in radio, if you're telling a story and it involves a new mother and a young dad taking their newborn baby to the mall, you don't say they popped the hatch on their SUV and they pulled out the baby stroller and then they went. You find a specific model of baby stroller. They pulled out the Graco uh, 960 all-in-one Stroller with four-wheel drive. You yeah. have, was, when you're specific like that, people remember it. In a song, a lyric like that, like Red Wings, and yeah. then what happens then is it becomes earworm. It becomes... With everybody singing it back. Everybody. You know. le- that's the first parts. That Those are the first parts of songs that you recall or remember after you listen to an album for the first time or a song for the first time. Well, and that's what everybody, you know, when everybody's like out in the lawn, you see everybody hanging on each other and they're like, with my red, wing, you know, it's that, it's yeah, that yeah. line. And the one that I also think so vividly because it's really like hitting home with me right now with someone going to college is the Kenny Chesney song. You know, she's got that Honda loaded down yep. with Abercrombie clothes and her dad's American Express. Yep. Anybody who sent someone off to college knows, yep, that's what I'm doing. And um, so it's, you know, it's, it was those moments where, again, I, you don't have to like who we like in country music and I don't have to like who you like, but I think he is an amazing songwriter oh, yeah, and, and how is. he does it. I mean, to write that many songs. A double album. The 30A line is from Somebody's Problem. 
Bama Red Four on a pull to the party with a 30 sticker on the back windshield. It would have been very easy and lazy to write a Bama Forerunner pulled into the party with a sticker on the windshield. People relate to you calling out specific brands, specific things, specific cities. Well, and just like we were just talking about about the Red Wings, it's um, that's your life. That's our life in a small town, you know. It's nostalgic. Um, yeah, Get I you mean, back to a better time. And you just remember, like, I mean, I hate to say this, but like, you know, when you were in high school or something, and you were on a beach trip or you're on spring break, and maybe the guy you're going out with decided to dress up a little bit, but then you know, y'all can go run around in the the ocean. Uh-huh. Then he leaves his Red Wings, you know, on the beach. And it's like, yeah. What's that mean? What's well, what happened after that? Just stuff. Just going to get some sand in some places, you know, that it probably shouldn't, probably shouldn't get. You know, not going to go into it a ton, but I, 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 um, I think for people who are still hung up on what happened and what he did and what he said and all of that, you got to let it go. I just, you know, I know it's easy to also say, yeah, but it's a bunch of, you know, kind of fall into that country music trap. Yeah, it's a bunch of rednecks, and that's how rednecks feel. You know, they don't care about um, what he said. That's not true, because that was the other thing that I was kind of, I was sort of doing my own little social experiment. And I looked around the crowd, and there were 25, 30,000 people, just rich, rich cowboys. Um, You know, I'll say this. It was equal to a George Strait audience, which if you've been to a George Strait audience, that's people that are high cotton. You know, they got, yeah, they're, they've got on their starched wranglers, starched wranglers and, and, buttoned up, buttoned and down, the wives up. are, you know. Good color. You know, it's yeah. not like two-tone. It's no. like it, uh, great clips or something. But then I also saw, you know, dads and sons and moms and daughters. And the only thing I've got to, to, to figure out is how to make Charlotte realize that you can't go to these concerts without hoisting like a, tall boy truly in the air because i mean everybody looks like they're really having a good time you know when they're out on the lawn and everybody's got their big old drinks well, she and can stuff. When she's 21 i hope betsy's not listening because she's probably counting but i did have one i had a truly but see they don't sell small ones they only sell these like ridiculously large things and so i've got that and it was like enough sugar to put me into a diabetic coma mm-hmm. and then is that what made your, your speech slur on the phone on the way home no and then i went and got um, a margarita before he started before Morgan started. Uh, what, oh, is that? Okay. And so Charlotte was like, you know, I'll drive home because you've had a couple of drinks. And you can't argue with your kids because you tell them not to drink and drive. And I'm like, okay. Meanwhile, I'm like, this child's got to navigate four interstates, you know, but she can do it. She was insisting she could do it and she could do it. She was great. But I had to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and I didn't want to wait in line. And so I just kept holding it, holding it. And she's like, well, mama, do you want me to pull over around here? I said, well, we can't, you know, you can't pull over yeah. anywhere. Until you're north of. Uh... Yeah. 400. But then you get in that weird area where there's like nowhere to get off, you know, because it's just like Holcomb Bridge. And so I'm like, maybe we can just make it to like, you know, up near Waffle our House. park, Haines Bridge. Yeah, that's where we went was Waffle House. But I couldn't make it that far. So we had to pull over in a neighborhood and I had to get out in TT in someone's grass. And Donna, she's, she's like, Mom, this is the best night of my life. She said, this is this, a, the Morgan Wallen concert, the fact that you're peeing in a stranger's yard and we're going to Waffle House. This is the best night of my Put life. on a t-shirt. And I said, Wait. seriously. Whose yard? What neighborhood was it? I don't Where know. was this? Some Sandy Spring, somewhere off Sandy Springs. I, listen, it had li- it had less to do. I know what everybody, you know, it wasn't like I was obliterated. Betsy's listening to the podcast saying she agrees I was not obliterated. I have a weak bladder. These people go up and down on the song, like full squats, like up, they jump up and then full, they go full down. Full squats. Yeah, go down. And I'm like, oh. Shit. Number one, I'm gonna have this gonna make me pee again. 
And number two, I don't want to pee this early. It's the first song. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to pee my pants the first song. Like, that comes later. And then number two, if I get down, I may not get up. So it's just, I'm like, do we have to, do we have to live this song literally, you know? August is birthday month at Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. Here's why. Donna Wolfman and Donna's daughter, Wolfman's granddaughter, Marilyn, all have August birthdays, as does Donna Jack. That's crazy that we're all Leos. It explains so much. If you are a Leo, I guess, is, does Leo cover the entire month of August, I guess? I don't know. Yes, most okay. of it, yes. Right. If you're a Leo, you celebrate your birthday in August, 10% off anything in the store. And let me tell you, you if you're a Leo, you know it and everyone else does too. When you shop on your birthday, 10% off anything in the store, excluding mattresses at Gallery Furniture. Go shop on your birthday, 10% off. We're celebrating birthdays at Gallery Furniture and hey, we're dealing. Mm, I like that. that in. I like that. Do you furniture. own that? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. It's time. If you need a refresher, we're doing, we got to do some refreshing around here. Um, we're getting ready to refresh this podcast room and turn it into a little studio. And you're all going, you're going to be able to see all this great stuff. We had a really good friend of ours, Keith Rockdale Bone from the Redneck Show, who went out. And this is a perfect example of what happens when you go to gallery. I don't want to scare you, but you may just need a chair. He was, I mean, he wasn't even in, he was kind of interested. I think he was just coming out to say hello. He actually was. He was just coming out to see you and I. But he came out and he ended up leaving with like a sectional, a bookcase, uh, uh, let's see what else, oh, a chair. He got a recliner. And like two, two deliveries worth. Yeah. And I like, was talking to Donna one day and I was like, what are you doing? She said, well, I'm heading back out to Keith Rockdale Bones house for a delivery. M- listen, th- mention that you listen to the podcast, mention that you know us, but honestly, and this is the truth. You can, anybody can go out there. They can, but we'd prefer that we you, do. you let, no, yes, very much so. We'd prefer that you say to Donna. Of course we do. But my point is, yeah, that she doesn't talk good about you all the time. I hear it all the time. She doesn't just have sales all, on all like Monday and Friday or, right, no, no, all the time. you know, seven days a week. Yes. Or it's a special Saturday. So make sure if you are in the market for furniture, there are so many of you listening right now who just need maybe one or two things, or maybe you need an entire house full of furniture. Listen to us. Instead of thinking you know better, which a lot of us always think that, don't do that. Just at least give her a shot. And you know what? If it doesn't work out or there's nothing, you know, if you don't see something you want or then move on your merry way, but at least give it a try because you may save so much money that you can go on a vacation, girl's trip. To, to where? Wherever the hell you want to go. Okay. So you are going to have so much money left over. You're going to be able to hit right. the road with your friends. Donna's not promising vacations and things. Let's be clear about that. I mean, no, but you're going to save enough money that I mean, you, you may don't... be, but ask for Donna's not. And here's Donna what you Jack do. Maybe. You know what you do? You don't even have to tell your husband. You just like. All right, let's, let's not, let's not. You just be like, he'll be like, well, Helen, how did you get, did you get it within your budget? And you're like, yeah. And then next weekend you pull one of those. We're, we're going to Amarillo, me and the oh, girls. Yeah. Did I, did I not, did I tell you that me and Cindy were going to Amarillo this weekend? Yeah. And he's like, did you? Yes. You have a horrible memory. He's like, well, I guess I do. Does that happen a lot? What do you mean? Well, I mean, when you when you you you're dishonest with your spouse. Have I about, ever sprung a, a, a trip on you at the last minute? No, I'm just no. I'm just not talking about trips. I'm just talking anything in general. No, in the only thing people, the only thing women don't touch with is like shoes and stuff. I've had this forever because it's just not worth it. Anyway, let's keep going. Okay, sixteen hundred Brownsburg Road, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. Forty years, forty plus years, a locally owned small business, and they deserve at least the opportunity to earn your business. It's 2511 Roosevelt Highway in College Park and 1600 Browns Bridge Road in Gainesville. Ask for Donna. Lady Annabellum has postponed their request line tour, request line live tour, to 2023 after Charles Kelly of Lady Annabellum 
raised his hand and said, I've got a problem. I need some help. And he's entered a program for the treatment of his addiction to alcohol. Charles has been very, very honest, transparent in years past about his struggle with alcohol. Did you know that? That he's, mm-hmm. yeah, this is not the first time. Yep. Um, he wrote a very, um, and we're going to talk about it next episode. We won't talk about it too much, but he wrote a very autobiographical song, which we'll talk about um, in the next episode, which kind of talked about his struggles. Wrote in, and, and, and Dave too. And, and Dave and Charles both are from Georgia, from the uh, Augusta, Georgia area, both UGA graduates. Their roots are here, but Hillary kind of led the charge with a statement, thought it was very well written. Listen, we're a family. When, when somebody's in trouble, we all pitch in. And so they're going to hit pause. And um, here's what I like about this. And then we'll continue this conversation next episode, Thursday, uh, Thursday, August 11th, episode 281. Here's a couple things I like about this. Number one, that Charles had the balls and the guts to raise his hand. Say, I'm 100%. Help. Many, many don't do that. 100%. Um, number two, they are hitting pause for six months. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of things lost in that time period, including a little momentum for the band, uh, a lot of revenue and ticket sales, uh, T-shirt sales. Uh, there's just so much that, that, that the, the cancellation, by the way, came about 10 days before the launch of the tour. We're not months out. We're not weeks out. There were things that had already been ordered. There were trucks already on the road. There were buses being gassed. And they decided in the final moments, you know what? It's not time. Everybody hit pause. Everybody go home. We got some bigger things to take care of. Many bands would have been back on the road a month later after 30 days. Day 32, they'd gas the buses and be back on the road with the sober sitter. What is a sober sitter? We'll talk about that next episode. Fascinating look into uh, the, <laughs> the the world of sobriety and or non-sobriety and addiction and touring and music and broadcasting. Day 31, he checks out, cut the check to rehab and boards a bus and then the parking lot of of Horizons or Charter Peachford and hit the road again. No, they're saying six months, six months at least because we got to get this taken care of. Next episode of Cadillac Check My Second Act. The life and career of Olivia Newton John. Started the film Grease. Several hits through the years. She's passed age 73. The announcement Monday afternoon on her official Facebook page. She passed away peacefully at her ranch in Southern California, surrounded by family and friends. We are going to add our selections to the Spotify Hapsome playlist. Um, well, and to continue the Morgan Wallen theme, I'm going to add my favorite Morgan Wallen song, which um, may surprise some people because it is not like a rocker r- worldwide hit, um, but it's called Quit in Time. So, beautifully written song, but not a Morgan Wallen composition, but a song that was written by Morgan's biggest mentor, Eric Church. And you can listen to just that hook or just that bridge, that line, whatever that portion of the song may have been right there. I would have heard that not knowing that Eric Church wrote that song. I would have heard that and thought to myself, that sounds like something Eric Church would write. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know until you told me that he wrote it. I love it. Um... When he played it in concert, I, I was just over there like bawling, crying. Well, that was a downer. That was a down moment right it's, there. It's, um, podcast. yeah. Well, it's Tuesday, Donna. That means it's time for work. The picket, flick it, dick it, lick it, dick it, dick it, dick it, lick it, dick it, lick 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 it,
I'm not over this thing last week. Yeah, I thought about this last week. I don't oh, I like it. No, no one does. No, I think people do. I don't like it, to be honest. Okay, well. It sounded good. In theory, it sounded good, but it's just like, yeah, why? I kind of like I it. Don't, I don't. Um, oh, my gosh. Missing You was a huge hit for a uh, British artist. His name was John Waite. W-A-I-T-E. Number one hit on the Billboard album Rock in the 80s chart 84 yeah June 84 I remember listening to this one in my car in my 40 XP it really became a piece of uh, pop culture it uh, was heard in films like uh, Warm Bodies Selena made it to the video game world Grand Theft Auto Vice City Miami Vice back when remember Miami come on you could not escape the Miami Vice machine Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Made it uh, to an episode of Miami Vice. Tina Turner also covered the song. You can see her just shaking, shaking her finger at you while she's singing. That, with that hair? Yeah, the, you know, with the short, short skirts. It has like, oh, the, yeah. The, the and she does those, like, shimmies and the, the yeah. lampshade fringe hanging you know, below the skirt. Yep. Country artists, Brooks and Dunn, took it to number one on the country chart. I don't think I remember that. Okay, I had no idea really? Brooks and Dunn saw oh saying this. I remember playing this on the former Kicks in 99. I mean, one of the biggest hits of the year. You don't remember Brooks and Dunn doing this? No, I do not. I, I do not. Here comes Ronnie. Here comes Ronnie. Get ready. Now he's got hair like Tina. I bet he was like waving his finger. Sing this song without waving your finger. I was with John Waite Saturday night. Wait, okay. What did you just say? I was with John Waite Saturday night. Did I know that? Was that the Rick Springfield trifecta? Rick Springfield, Men at Work, and John Waite. How did they all look? Yeah. Men at Work, the lead singer was an original guy. Other than that, I, th- I think he was the only original member of the band. Still with him. Here's the problem. Okay, here's the problem with that band. When they're old, because they're from Australia, what makes old people, like bands and stuff, still look good is what? Good teeth. They probably didn't have good teeth. And that's just going to make them look rougher and older. Australians have a problem with their teeth? I thought it was British. Just, well, they do too. But I'm just saying, like, if you don't have a good set of veneers when you're a certain age, that can really age you. So I'm just thinking that, what, what was their outfits? Like, they have on, I think I'm confusing them with the people that sang the safety dance song, that no, wore the that overalls. Is, no, no, that is, um, funny you would make that mistake. I did the same thing. Were um, you waiting for them to sing that song? No, well, yes, I was. Oh, no, well, I wasn't. On the way down there. I was listening to Spotify, uh-huh. and I thought, you know, I'm going to listen to some of the music to get excited, you know, get all wrapped up for the show. I accidentally pulled up that Who group. That? Yeah. Pull up, um, safety go to dance. Spotify. Safety dance. I'm just going to yeah. put in safety dance. Yeah, because I thought, that's men without hats. Yes. 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 This is men who are working, and that's the men without the hats. Missing You was also used to describe O.J. Simpson's obsession with Nicole Brown Simpson. What? In the book, Raging Heart, which was written by. Sheila Weller, W-E-L-L-E-R. Did he sing it to Nicole? No. Oh, boy, I'm confused. No, it's pop culture. For this particular episode, you may need, like, a schematic to keep up. Did they, When it started raining, they grabbed their hats? Their cones? They were already off. No, but they do wear the cones, don't they? No. No, oh. no, no, no. That's, that's Devo. That's, yes. Very good. Very good. Oh, Lord Jesus. We should just start over. Um, okay. That's it. Who are you voting for? Let's, let's, let's pretend like this didn't happen. Well, I think I'm, I'm going to vote for Tina Turner. i got to be she, honest with you. She's not. No. Okay. okay. Sure. Yes. Yes. You vote for Tina Turner. Okay. Well, who's your vote? Uh, my vote's the original John Waite. 
Okay, so let's I go. I love with the Brooks and Dunn version. I remember playing the piss out of it at Kicks. I can't believe that because I don't remember that. You were at Kicks in '99. Were you I not? I know, but were, were, seriously, you were there in '99. Yes, were you not? yes. I, I can't was. believe you don't remember that. No. All right, so Tina Turner's version of "Missing You" and the original from British artist John Waite. Two songs being added to the Spotify hype song playlist for this episode, episode two eighty. We're gonna add two versions of that song. Have you have you been here for every Tuesday in the month of August? Have we just have we've agreed every time? We have. Wow. We okay. Have. I'm gonna go with you. Because I, okay. th- we barely need one of those it's, on the this playlist. This is why I just this doesn't work. This segment, but right? I'm just, just telling not, you, it wasn't thought through, and I, I, I take fall for it. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't developed. I have one one other thing to uh-huh. tell you. Very funny. You know how we were just talking about, like, okay, so you get bands like mixed up, like Men Without Hats, Men with Hats, Men Down Under, the people that wore the pylon hats. Okay, we have two friends who I'm not going to tell you who they are, but he thought he was going to see Belinda Carlisle from the Go Go's. You remember Belinda Carlisle and the Go Go's? I remember the Go-Go's. Manic Monday? Yeah. No, that's the Bengals. Oh, my God. So (laughs) everybody knows the Go-Go's. Yeah. So he thought he was going to see Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's in Nashville. In fact, he shows up, and this woman comes out on stage. And sings what? In in a pair of, like, kind of overalls. And he says, that doesn't – she must have a lot of work done. That doesn't look like Belinda Carlisle. It was Brandy Carlisle, the country singer. Oh. Oh, my God. Who just sang with Joni Mitchell recently. Who is Joni Mitchell? Okay, we're going to just stop the episode right here. If you are Mitchell? in music and you don't know who Joni Mitchell is. I don't like Elvis, don't like the Beatles, and I've never heard of Joni Mitchell. People are like, they're literally driving into trees right now. How do you not know who Joni Mitchell is? Yeah, how, many, how many a song? How many a bar from a song? Any song. <sighs> don't look it up. Come on. It's if you're such a super that. fan. It's just like, how, like she's a folk, you're not going to know it. It's, she, she's a folk singer? No, I don't know her fo- at all. I mean, okay, all right. Let's just move Americana? On. That's not my lane, Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. So he was like, where's Belinda? Who bought him the ticket to go see? His wife. Did she know she was going to see the other one? Yes. And he was like, he had, he had listened to every Go-Go song. He was so excited. Was he, see, so he was excited. That was my next question. Was he excited to go see even Brandy yes. Carlisle? Yes. Because I wouldn't have been excited for that. No, Belinda Carlisle. Then Whatever. when Brandy Carlisle, he okay. was like, Ugh. All right, let's, we're just moving on. We're moving on. Thank you for listening. Have no fear. Baby, what are you waiting for? Britney Spears and her former husband, Kevin Federline, who was a, a dancer on her tour, right, at one point? Yes. Kevin Federline, K-Fed, as he was known back in the day, is the father of all of their of all of Britney's kids? Well, there's only two. Sean Preston, who is 16, and Jaden James, who's 15. K-Fed has decided to air Dirty Laundry Now about the kids and their concern for their mothers gave a tell-all interview in which she discussed the kids' decision to not see their mom. Is this necessary? Well, I think where it came from was people were wondering why the boys were not at her wedding. So that's what kind of started it, is why were they absent from Brittany's recent wedding to um, Sam Ascari, who's very good looking. But anyways, um, basically... Federline came out, I think because the kids were taking a little heat, and said they decided that they didn't want to see her. The boys made the decision not to go to her wedding. And this is what blew me away, although they still love her. Well, of course they love her. She's their mother. He also said, you know, it was a wide-ranging interview, but he said that he would welcome Jamie Spears, you know, Britney's dad, back into their life. Well, 
back into the kids' lives because, you know, if that's what the boys wanted, that he didn't have any hard feelings toward Jamie and that people make mistakes and they feel bad for him. A mistake is, you know, making an ass out of yourself at a barbecue. It's not keeping your daughter. A mistake's not carrying you one and you're checking account. Yeah. And getting an NSF notice. Right. For, for, for clarification, many people maybe don't know the family tree, the Spears family tree. Jamie Lynn is Brittany's sister, right? Jamie is the daddy. Correct. Okay. There's Jamie Spears, who was the conservator, right, he, who right. ran the conservatorship, Diddy. and he was Diddy. And then there's Jamie Lynn. And she is, you know, she's estranged from everyone in her family. He was, so her and Kevin Federline were married for two years, 2004 to 2006. And he said he's really struggled to explain, you know, her risque Instagram post to the sons. Why, and, why would they see that? Well, how old? How old are they? They're 15, 16 and 15. And he said they're taking some heat. They're in high school and they're taking some heat from people. But, you know, here's the thing. Um, he says, you know, look, maybe that's just another way she tries to express herself, but that doesn't take away from the fact of what it does to them. It's tough. I can't imagine how it feels to be a teenager having to go to high school. She said one word, hurtful. And as a mom, she, she being Brittany, Brittany, as a mom or a dad, you understand that. Um, and she said, it saddens me to hear that my ex-husband has decided to discuss my relationship between me and my children. As we all know, raising teenage boys is never easy for anyone. It concerns me. The reason is based on my Instagram because it was long before Instagram. I think as parents, we can do things that embarrass our kids on social media, certainly, or that give them pause. But when you are a performer or an entertainer like Britney Spears or Kim Kardashian, I mean, you can say, well, they should, they have, they live up to the same standard that we all do. They don't. Because this is also a girl who, when she was their age, was parading around with pom-poms in her hair and a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. And men were kind of, older men were, you know, kind of lusting after her. Even if she wasn't posting these things on Instagram, somebody from their high school probably would go back and say, hey, my dad has a Britney Spears poster. But you know, that could your be mama. explained easier, I think. Yes, probably than social media. I, I do think, you know, some, I think probably what it is too is they're a little alarmed because probably what's happened is maybe some kids have said, what's going on with your mom? And I think that's, as we've talked before about kids and parenting and stuff, that's when it gets a little tricky. Your kids should never be watching social media and see something come up where they're like, oh my God, I hope my, my parents okay. You know what I mean? Like, I hope everything's okay. What are they doing? What is, what's going on? Like where they're almost in the position where they're worried about you and parenting you. And I think us as a group of parents, we're very much like, we want to live our lives. We don't, you know, we should be able to do whatever we want to do. We should. We're 60-year-old people. We're 40-year-old people. I'm a 50-year-old woman. I'm a 32. I should be able to do whatever I want to do. Well, you can't do that all the time when you have kids. Unfortunately, you have to put some things on the back burner. And maybe if you're a 40-year-old and you really want to express these things, get you a Instagram and live out that way. But I do think sometimes you have to be careful what you put on social media because I it can be triggering for kids. You know, it just can. If they're home and their mom and daddy are out and they're posting videos and videos of themselves like in some, I don't know, like some bar at like three in the morning. Well, we, we're guilty of that. Yeah. And I don't think it was the best thing all the time. When your kids are younger, they don't see that stuff. When they're in middle school and high school and they've started to form their own opinions, wait a minute, how are they going to get home? Are they safe? Are they going to get home? What if something happened to them? I just think it, it leads kids down this road of anxiety. And maybe I'm overthinking it. You know, we're raising a generation that is just full of anxiety. And I think this is a lot of it because again, I just keep going back to the fact that like, we didn't know our parents' business all the time. Let's talk about support. Financial support of the children in a situation where there has been a split, a divorce. Well, say what her husband said. He came back and shot a shot one over the bow back at old Federline and said, well, "Brittany's current husband. They're they're still newlyweds, pretty much, I guess." He 
said, Sam. yeah, he said he thought that the reason this was coming out is because Federline's gravy train, the money, would end soon enough, saying that probably explains the timing of these hurtful statements. How, how does that – see, I don't understand that. that he because just, at 18, say, less than two years away, Brittany's no longer cutting a check to KFED. Who yeah, has the, custody of the boys. I think he just thought maybe he's just like mad and just trying to get some stuff out about her. And um, he also said, you know, it's irresponsible to make that statement publicly. This is her, I agree with this that. Is her now husband. Agree. The boys are very smart and will be 18 soon to make their own decisions and may eventually realize the tough part was having a father who I hasn't wonder. worked much in over 15 years. Okay, as a role see, model. But I wonder I, how much influence on these young men does their dad, Kevin Federline, have when trying to assist them in forming opinions about their mother. If you're willing to air your dirty laundry, it wasn't leaked. Again, he, he did this interview. He probably, sure, he, he or his person, he doesn't have people, I'm sure, probably didn't have a person. I bet he booked it himself. He's the person. No one needs to know. No one's life's going to change knowing or not knowing whether or not Brittany sees her sons and whether or not they were, or why they didn't go to her her, her, her latest wedding because there was another one too. Wasn't there? He, he, he stormed the wedding, did he not? Yes, Jason. The, Jason, the one that from Louisiana, from Vegas. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I also think that when kids get older, like when they're younger, I think parents have more influence on them. I also think when kids get to be a certain age, they they start to form their own opinions, and right. sometimes it pisses parents off because they still want those kids to be the little kids that adore them, and everything they, they say is control. Yeah, that everything they say is funny, and you know, aren't you the greatest thing? And once these kids get to a certain age and start actually having opinions about, hey, mom, I don't think what you said is right. Hey, dad, I don't think you're acting right. It pisses the parent off, and they don't like it. And so, I don't always think it's the other parent influencing. I think sometimes these kids sort of come into their own realization that you know, you're that that's not right. Maybe you've been telling me it's right for all this time, but it's not right. So I don't know. It's a mess. That's what it is. It's just a hot ass mess. Baby, what are you waiting for? As we continue to embrace YouTube as a place of discovery for the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast, and we prepare to live stream the recording of the Tuesday episodes on Sunday evenings. We are fattening up our YouTube presence. You can now enjoy full episodes of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast on the Cadillac Jack YouTube page. And just like you consume your podcast on Tuesday and Thursday from Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, whatever you choose to be your podcast platform on YouTube they will upload at midnight on Tuesdays and Thursdays I don't understand on to be totally honest with you why people would want to watch a blank screen you know what I'm saying but is it a blank screen and don't they sometimes like have well I mean it has our logo and graphics and things oh, but okay. it's, not, it's not like a I gotcha. it's not like a live stream it's just a yeah but, but but from what I've read and we've done a lot of reading and research about the YouTube about YouTube and, and, and podcast discovery being there, a lot of it, that people just want it in the background, you know, whether they're working or doing whatever, they're dead. Yeah, no, I get that. Kind of like just gray space, I guess. I don't know. Subscribe to the Cadillac Jack YouTube channel. Simple search, Cadillac Jack. Uh, media personality, I think is the way it's framed on YouTube. And there's also some best of moments from the podcast. When is this cranking up? What's that? This YouTube Streaming thing? thing? Yeah. Um, well, I think I'm having. We had postponed Carl our, our appetite apps and sweet tea. 
last week. I think we're doing it tomorrow, as a matter of fact. So I just need to know when to fire up my glam. I'm sorry, your what? My glam. Um, so soon, soon. I'd go ahead and start gathering your glam. Mm-hmm. Gather your glam because it's soon going to begin on Sundays here in uh, our 23-year-old son Will's childhood bedroom. Yeah. Which we've converted to a makeshift half-ass podcast studio. Yeah. And we're excited about it. I'm hoping we're going to have like different guests. And, no, um, no, here's what we're going to do, though. Now we're not going to do guests. We've got to get pine straw if we have guests. It's dark. True. But, but I'm thinking this. You know, we, we had the conversation about getting a cardboard cutout of Alpharetta, Georgia, Mayor Jimmy Gilvin. Uh-huh. I got one better. We're going to invite Mayor Gilvin to the house for the first live stream. And we're going to put him in that corner right there. And he's going to stand the entire time like he's a cardboard cutout. How was that exciting for him? He can, we it's can't not. get him a chair? No, no. No, that's, just, that's it. It's, it's, it's a bit. I don't know that's good for his legs. Here's what we're going to have to do. Get some compression socks from Ollie's. Well, I'm just saying, like, I couldn't stand for an hour for this stuff. Well, I'm like, can you do this, the podcast standing the entire time? I apologize. I, I'm I, not saying he needs compression socks. I'm saying that's quite a commitment. Young people wear compression socks. That's quite a commitment to make someone stand in a corner. And you're making him stand like he's a card up. Yeah, he can't like great. move. I think it's great. You have to decide. You vote and win a great prize from Awesome Alpharetta. Is that a cardboard standout or is that the Jimmy Gilvin? So first, how often is he going to come? Oh, just every, the first one. Well, no, I think, hang on. I think we have him back for the first few weeks. Oh my God. And every week you vote and decide, is it live or is it a cardboard life-size cardboard standup of Alfred Mayor Jimmy Kelvin? I mean, he has I love a lot. I'll get okay, on the phone with him But he has a lot going. He's the mayor. It's Sunday night from 9 to 1030. Oh my God. And you, you want the mayor to stand in a corner. Yeah. He can't move. Can't twitch. Can't, can't, can't blink nothing because he's, you, you guess if it is, is it Jimmy or not? And then, and then we put all the people that guessed correctly in a kitty here, kitty, kitty. And then you win an overnight stay at the um, Hamilton or the new Hilton on Windward or the extended stay on uh, Old Have Milton. Have gotten this like a proof? Not at all. But Janet? I'll talk to Janet Rogers. We'll get this done. Jimmy doesn't miss an episode. He reads a letter every Saturday. I'm like you. And I'm thankful for that. You asked me something today, matter of fact, about I something. And I said, I thought I, 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 I didn't it. say it. I didn't say it. But I, I thought to myself, it. you know what? If you'd read the letter, Saturday, I don't get the, the letter. You, you have told us that you can personally put each of us in. So if you are not getting your letter, reach out to this man and he will personally put right. you in. Live streaming on YouTube. It's coming soon. Good stuff, cheap. And it's brought to you by Ollie's. Cheap things that are good. No, good, good. What did they say right there? Good things. Good cheap. stuff, cheap. That, that, whatever. Okay. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act from Brooks and Dunn and Arista Records, John Waite and Epic Records, Morgan Wallen and Big Loud Records, Tina Turner and EMI Records, Britney Spears and Jive Records, Kenny Chesney and B&A Records. What? The Minute Work. We didn't play any of their songs. Oh, okay, good. Little people with the hats. Production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday. Did I think Carl and Hans? I can't even keep up at this point. I think Carl, if not Carl Hans, if I, if I did it earlier. And Steve, we thank you all. All of you. Yeah. We appreciate the, the, everybody. We love you and appreciate you. Subscribe to the letter. It's our weekly e-newsletter component of this podcast and the radio show. Weekday afternoons, 3 to 7 Eastern. The afternoon ride with Cadillac Jack. Download the free Bear app and listen live anywhere that you listen to this podcast. Nationwide, search for the Bear 925 in the Apple Podcast Store or Google Play. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday. Of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the App and Podcast Network.